This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, three, two, one, we'll reveal ours. Sounds good. Three, two, two one. one. Nice. <laughs> Are you wearing a dress in that one? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Now, hello, Rebecca. Hello, Anthony. AKA, let me explain studios. Yes. An yes. entire studio. Yeah, just all me. <laughs> but it started off as just you? In, yeah, no, it actually is all me. Um, I mean, technically I am the only employee at it, but I, yeah. I commission a lot of work from a lot of different teams in a different studio as well. So, But yeah, technically I'm just a studio by you, myself. You are the one person studio <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. who has garnered 4.3 million subscribers, <laughs> 700 million views. Mm, you, you counted, wow. I counted every view by wow, myself. incredible. You started off with a little bit of, of a different style, a little bit more of like a sketchy style when you first got started. This is about, and by sketchy, I don't mean like, I mean like <laughs> sketchy. Yeah, no. Uh, was that nine years ago? Gosh, like I remember the start of my of my channel just being whatever I could just come up with. Yeah. I remember I wanted to start off the studio uh, studio's channel as it was me and this other character named Nacy, is this like redhead girl, uh-huh. and it was supposed to be kind of like this back and forth between me and her. And you can even see that those are still on my channel as like my first couple of videos. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask me, "Where's Nacy? Like, who is Nacy? Like, mm. and she just kind of disappeared. <laughs> you was know? she supposed to be like an alter ego or something? She, yeah, she used to be a representation of me online but she really became who I wish I could be you know because mm. you know the old adage of like you know Bugs Bunny is who we wish we could be and Daffy Duck is who we actually are <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one that makes sense though yeah yeah so um, that's an old Chuck Jones thing no wonder I could relate to both characters yeah exactly there you go mm. so I think Nacy was always just the person that I wish I could be which is a little you know more confident punchy sometimes even angry mm. you know things that I wish I could express out there into the world instead of being like you know quiet and you know reserved and everything and just doing what I'm told <laughs> do you feel like you have been become more of that so you haven't needed the Nacy character? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just a part of growing up and, and knowing what your voice is and figuring out who you actually are and mm-hmm. just going through a lot. And I mean, going through school helped me figure myself out a lot, for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a animation school and it was incredibly rough. It was I called it boot camp of animation. And <clears throat> it really just helped me figure out what I actually wanted and what I part of what I wanted was to be on YouTube. Mm. That's honestly where I figured out that even though all my other friends were going off and wanting to be at Disney and DreamWorks and Pixar and all that, and that was the expectation at this school, is that you were gonna go off and do that. I wanted to be on YouTube, because I was looking around and seeing what you guys were doing, what you know, uh, Epic Mealtime was doing, what The Annoying Orange was doing, and I just I saw this renaissance that was mm-hmm. going on, and I was so excited by the prospect of actually like making YouTube my job. Let's look at one of your first animations that you uploaded when you decided that you were gonna start creating your YouTube channel. I have it right here. <laughs> is that you or Nacy? That's me. <laughs> well, that's, that is just... But I didn't even look at you. She's basically just representing your main character as a Pokemon trainer. Yeah. 
I choose you. Which is still, this is still really, really, really good for a Thank first video. Thank you. Thank you very much. I put a lot of effort into this. I can tell. This is crazy. The amount of frames. Yeah. Oh my. And was this all you? Yeah, all of it. 100%. 100%. This is so amazing for our first video. Is that because of all the training that you had done in school? Oh yeah, absolutely, I would say. Um, and this was actually some of my first handling of Flash as a computer, as a you know uh, traditional animation software. So what actually happened in all of that was that first video was me trying to emulate kind of the the animated shorts that would appear like off, off of Newgrounds, people like Ego Raptor. Ego Raptor, I was gonna say, doing, it's so similar yeah, in vibe. Yeah, yeah, because I was totally like referencing him and, and finding a lot of inspiration in his work and yeah. you know, Rubber, Rubber Ninja, Ross, O'Donovan, yeah. yes. Like all of those early Newgrounds animators who were really killing it before the algorithm change mm -hmm. of I think it was 2012. No, the algorithm where, change was a killer yeah. of short form creative projects that required a lot of time and exactly. energy because the amount of time and energy that was being put into these projects only could produce something three, four, five minutes long, and that was not being rewarded anymore. It was, no. being, it was being penalized by the algorithm. Exactly, and it just it effectively killed off most animation on YouTube, because you could spend you know a couple months doing three minutes of like stellar work, like the first video that I put up, and that was me just wishing that I could make it work. That first video was just like, man, I, this is what I really want to do, mm -hmm. but it's just not going to work algorithm-wise. And so, out of necessity, we all had to figure out how to make longer content, you know, and and make it faster and cheaper and, you know, cut corners where you need to. So that's where, you know, I think a lot of, you know, the animators in our community would agree that it was mostly out of necessity that we all had to find this really simplified style. The people who really know what they're doing can boil down exactly what is necessary in a story and, and just boil everything down to its pure essence of entertainment value mm -hmm. and know which corners to cut, know where you can, you know, you don't have to draw the whole action. You can get, you know, what a Disney artist would get in 24 drawings, you can get in five. Yeah. And you can get still get it all across. And so I think simplicity can actually show mastery. Sometimes I feel like having limitations actually helps me explore way outside the box. Like, if you were able to continue doing the type of animation that you did with that first one, you might have stayed within that kind of style, being able to do whatever you wanted. But because you were put into a box of having to figure out something simple that you could get longer content out of, it do you feel like it helps guide your specific style that you landed on? Oh, absolutely. I think every single one of us works within limitations and we are forced to think outside of the box and think of creative problem solving. And that's how it, like a lot of new things are discovered is out of necessity and because we have to get around these certain barriers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a necessity for a lot of creativity to actually be pushed into new territories is, you know, put limitations on yourself. Speaking of limitations I found and I don't know how someone else found this because I couldn't find it on my own but someone else had found and uploaded one of the earliest animations that I ever made that was not a stick figure animation oh, it was wow. the first time I tried to do something that included drawings uh, let's see so I was 14 years old this was mm, 2002 2003 mm -hmm. and I did almost all of this myself and I'm not sure if I'm proud of it I'm not sure if I'm proud of it, but I want I want to show it to you. Okay. You'll be the first person I've ever shown this to. <laughs> Whoa, second period. <laughs> what so happened to their necks? Yeah. So that was They're a limitation. <laughs> I kind of yeah. use like the Rayman style, oh, you know, no. like the floating oh, arms. Oh, yeah, you're and right. Yeah. yeah. 
that'll be something I'll never forget. Yeah. 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 Like when that one thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was like, I was hand drawing every single element of this and then motion tweening all the in between. But you can see this is before the smush. You're just moving the background up and down to, <laughs> to replicate a walk cycle. That's great. Yep. <laughs> And then look, Smosh was already a thing before YouTube was even existed, which is pretty that's crazy. That logo, that is insane. Man. Yeah, it's 2003. How would you know what crap tastes like? <laughs> yeah, I thought I was gonna be an animator, but yeah, that that's all that I'm forced you to want. No, like that. Gosh, that's a treasure right there. You should absolutely be proud of that because that, like, that shows a lot of where the Smosh sense of humor was coming into play. Yeah, just uh, two 14-year-old, 14-year-old boy humor. Yes, yeah. that's where it evolved from. I think it's really cool to look back on that and see the beginnings of how we ended up here. And yeah. seeing that, that, that the Smosh logo and name was around before YouTube even existed is crazy. Yeah, I know. And trust me, every single artist on the planet has one of those right yeah. there. Yeah. Like that is, you are experiencing what every single artist on the planet has, is that we all have that embarrassing like first sketchbook or first anime. Do you have one of those treasures hidden somewhere? Oh gosh, I've got hundreds of drawings. <laughs> like I think that's the thing that we always have to remember when it comes, especially to drawing, yeah. is it's an old Walt Stanchfield quote. I, I quote it all the time at like VidCon and everything. But we all have 10,000 bad drawings in us and it is important as possible to get them out as soon as possible. Mm, yeah. That's so. true, actually. So it requires that, uh, I guess, the, the iteration process. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's common for people who are perfectionists or just really want to put something out. They want to be impressive. Like, there's all these ideas in their head of where they should be at. But you need, really need to take the time to just put stuff out or get it, get it out of your head until mm -hmm. you've had the ability to refine it. Oh yeah, that's something that I always tell young animators is don't worry about it being good. Mm. Just make it. Just get it out there, get it completed. You know, go through the beginning, middle, end, and, and finalization of any project. And you're gonna learn with every single one that you do. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that you're gonna get to the point where you, you know, you're you're like an ego raptor or you're like your favorite Disney animator or you're like one of the story time animators, is we all start from the exact same place. Nobody is good just out of the gate. We have a little demonstration moment planned. Oh, do now. Demonstration time. I will be drawing myself in Let Me Explain Studio Style. Yes. You will be drawing myself also yes. in Let Me Explain Studio Style. And you know, style. I feel like I have the leg up here for many reasons, because it is my style. Fun fact, also. What? The This is also not the first time I've drawn you, because the first time we actually crossed paths was you opened up some fan mail in a fan mail episode of me drawing you and Ian as knights. Wait, you... I, you I was, sent us mail in, in mail time with Smosh? Yes, I did. And I think like the episode was like had the word like pickle mints in it or something. Yeah, and I, yeah, I remember in animation school I was like dredging through it late one night and I saw you uploaded that and I watched it and saw my two drawings pop up and it just made my day. Oh my god! Yeah. Now I kind of want to see it. Wait, wait, I'm gonna pull this up. There, 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 there! What? That's it! That's it! That's you! That's it! That's you! <laughs> Ten years ago. Ten years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, after years of constant obsessing, it's time. All right, and go. Okay. All right. I will reveal. Oh wait, three, two, one, we'll reveal ours. Sounds good. Three, two, two one. one. <laughs> nice! 
Oh, very nice. I like mine too, but yours is amazing. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, even you even okay. Oh, the okay. No, actually, the tattoos do work there. Okay, and perfect. the hair you nailed it with, the, especially with the eyebrows, because I definitely do that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, <laughs> Are you wearing a dress in that one? You, yeah. Let me explain studio style. In my head, it has a dress. Mm, well. Yeah. You can wear whatever you like. Plus, I don't mind wearing a dress. It looks pretty good on me, I will say. I think, yeah, you probably pull off a dress pretty well. I think so, too. Yeah. I know so. I've done it before. Oh, you have, yes. And I'll do it again. And you'll look great doing it. And you brought something today. I did. I brought two little friends for you today. These are their, incredible. Thank you. With their beautiful button eyes and yarn hair. Do you sell these? I do, I do. Uh, creatorinc.com. You can just look for Let Me Explain Studios merch. You got the original Becca and you got Witch of the Woods Becca right these here. These are so cool. Can I hold them? Yeah, absolutely. It's got like yarn for yarn, the hair. Yarn, hair, and button eyes. It feels homemade in the best way. Like it Thank feels you. like when I look at it, 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 you know what it actually does is it inspires me to want to make more, to, to like learn how it's done, to see, oh, these are done with like things that I could find around the house or out of Joanne's fabric. That's, and, a, that's a really great compliment and there. And make these myself. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of why they feel so cool. Like you could, if you wanted to, yeah. maybe learn how to make this. Yeah, and I wanted it to come from a very nostalgic place. It does feel nostalgic yeah. as well. Because these are, you know, the, the concept of the button eyes and the yarn hair is a very old. It's like Raggedy Ann? Raggedy Ann kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got a nice flow to it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of movement. Uh-huh. She's got a lot of... <laughs> Looks like she had a hair transplant, but a very successful I, hair transplant. Oh, it's funny because like I've had a lot of kids, like like they'll buy the doll uh -huh. and then they'll find that bald spot and they're like, can you sign the bald spot? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and Perfect surface for signing. For signing. <laughs> yes. Can sign that one for you if you like. Yes, actually. Rebecca, will you sign my bald spot? Oh, it would be a delight. Okay. <laughs> sign the bald spot. <laughs> You've done this before. Oh yes, many a time at many a convention. <laughs> and a little heart. Oh, this is so cute. Now that is the best looking bald spot I've ever seen. Indeed. So you first got into animation when you were pretty young. I had the idea of being an animator when I was really young. So there's this story that I've told a couple of times. I haven't told it in the video yet. So when I was very, very young, I was watching Nickelodeon all the time. Mm. You know, Rugrats and Doug and all that. And in their commercial breaks, they'd have these 30 second bumpers where they would show behind the scenes stuff. Like mm. here's the voice actresses who play the babies and Rugrats and everything. And there was one where they had this gentleman. He was an animator for Nickelodeon. And he was in this bright Hawaiian shirt and everything. And he looked at the camera and he says, the best thing about being an animator is you never have to grow up. And the next shot was him holding a super soaker on a balcony and firing at his friends down, mm. down below him. And I saw that and I heard that and it was like the hallelujah chorus for young mm. Becca. I never have to grow up. And I could make these things, these cartoons that I love so much. And that's one of those core memories that just got implanted into my brain. And I thought about animation for the rest of my life, but I got down on myself even as a child. I said, but I'll never be able to be like a Disney animator, so what's the point? So instead, I pursued theater. I pursued mm -hmm. like performing on stage and singing and everything. And I did that up until my first year of college. It was my, it was the college that I went to before I went to animation school. And I did a full year of the theater program there. And by then I'd already begun like drawing and doing my own cartoon ideas and everything. 
And that's when I kind of realized theater wasn't really gonna work for me. And I thought, well, why not do this animation thing that I have been thinking about for literally my whole life? Do you have a team now? I have like commissioned artists that I work on. They, mm -hmm. they, they work on commission and some of them are like my friends from school and yeah, or just, you know, someone that has been suggested to me and they do a lot of the storyboarding. I still do the majority of the animation. I have had an animator or two help me on certain shots, but like I still do the majority of the animation. And on these recent shorter videos that I've been doing. Yeah, so you've been doing a couple yeah, and they're couple. purposely in a style that feels hand-drawn. So exactly. it'll, it'll, you'll leave the guiding yeah. lines for the face and everything. So that one is done by uh, an entirely separate studio. Mm. Um, and they It's not Let Me Explain Studios? It's not Let Me Explain Studios, but it is my stories. They are, and I am taking a director position, a Got writer, it. a writer, audio editor, director position. And that's what a lot of animators are doing on YouTube now. Yeah, yeah. It's a skill to be able to direct, and I find myself very well equipped for it. And mm -hmm. I find I find I'm very good at it, and I really like doing it. Do you think you'll lean into more of that, having a team or a separate studio work on your stuff? If uh, if the if the economics work themselves, if the out, algorithm gods feature well, content, you know, if if uh, if we all have a job here in a few years and TikTok hasn't ruined everything, yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This series is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like, you know what you should do or what's good for you, but you just can't seem to do it? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work on yourself instead of against yourself. As I'm sure many of you know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy and I have been ever since I started going about six years ago. It's helped me in almost every way, whether dealing with anxiety or depression or just the day-to-day -day struggles of being human, therapy has been a guiding light for me. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Padilla. Now, back to the world of Let Me Explain Studios. Your animations have evolved to really, from my point of view, be a place for you to, to get your, your emotions and your thoughts out. In some ways, it almost feels like a peek inside your journal. Like, it feels very, very vulnerable. What was the thought process behind getting so vulnerable with your animations and your stories? If you're going to tell a story, you have to be vulnerable. If you're going to connect with an audience, you have to let them in. And that can be a very, very scary thing for a lot of people. You know, it's one of the reasons why a lot of animators I know look at my job and they say, Becca, I could never do that. Because they get to hide, you know, their vulnerability behind fictional characters and fictional settings. Mm. And here I am putting my actual childhood stories out there and my actual thoughts and opinions and, and how I actually feel out there to the world. And it's a very scary thing. And it's this kind of line you have to ride of how much do I let my audience in because there is an unhealthy there's an unhealthy area you can step into but mostly it's just you know if I have processed whatever kind of trauma or story that this is and I feel in an okay place and I feel okay to let my audience in on it because I just know somewhere out there someone is going through the exact same thing or something similar and 
this is how we connect is as people, is telling stories. I think storytelling is probably our most important art form out there because it's how we remind each other that we're human. I think it's probably one of the most ancient forms of, oh, yes. <laughs> of connecting or passing on information, passing on lessons. Do you feel like your animations are, are in a sense something that you could have really used when you were younger, something that you wish that you had to look at when you were younger? Yes, oh, I, one of my mission statements on my channel is that I am making things that kid Becca needed, that specifically middle school Becca needed. Mm. Because middle school Becca was very, very alone, very misunderstood, didn't have many friends, if any at all, mm. and just felt like nobody knew what she was going through. Mm. And so the reason I do what I do now is for all the little middle school Beccas out there mm. who need to be shown that they're not alone, that mm -hmm. there is light at the end of the tunnel, that they can make it. I think it's a healthy habit to make sure that you have processed whatever it is you went through before letting your audience have a say on it. Because yeah. I mean, if you're going through something really horrible right here and right now, and then you make a video about it and you still haven't like fully gotten through it, then opening it up to an audience, you're essentially opening up to a world of opinions mm. on something personal that you're going through. And so I, that's kind of my rule is that I, I make sure that whatever it is I let my audience in on is something that I'm in a healthy place with. Because I did a video about my teacher who went on to murder someone. Yeah. He was a really horrible teacher. And after I made that video, that was like absolutely, the, the chapter on that was closed. Mm. Like that guy held no more power over me. But people tried to hurt me with him. People would look up his, his name and his face and his pictures, and they would just, on Twitter especially, they would just throw his picture at me. Like trying to trigger you? Trying to trigger me. Mm. And if I were in a different place emotionally, when I when I you know wrote that story and I, I made that video, that might have hurt me. But mm -hmm. fortunately, you know, I was past that. So again, there's that kind of line that you have to ride all the time with vulnerability towards your audience is you can absolutely let in your audience when it's not the healthiest time for you. Do you ever want to make a video about something but realize that you have to process it more first? Oh, all the time. <laughs> so does all that help time. encourage you to process it or help you identify the things that you need to process? I think it's just, you know, a reminder of this will eventually be a good story, but let's take our time, you mm. know? run our own race on emotionally processing this. Yeah, uh, Bryson uh, Haminations was saying that sometimes it helps knowing that a story could come out of uh, an unfortunate <laughs> situation. So it makes him not get so caught up on how horrible it is because he's like, oh, well, and he starts processing it being like, I can make a story about that. I can tell someone about that. Do you ever feel like that, that same oh, thing? all the time. <laughs> like, I try new things more often now because I think to myself, well, if it goes badly, I have a story, mm. <laughs> you know? So what do you think that has provided you? Just the ability to, 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 to get really, out there? To really get out there, to really put myself out there and try new things. You know, mm. I used to consider myself a very afraid person, you know, very driven by fear. If you've ever seen Inside Out, you know, you have your five emotions and one of them is always at the helm. And I, mm. I always used to think that fear was at the helm in my brain mm. all the time. And now, not so much. I think more often, you know, joy mm. is at the helm. Do you think that's, because you mentioned that you felt more isolated when you were younger. Was that around the time that you had fear at the, the front? I mean, I would say it's been a recent development. I think, 
YouTube has actually helped me be less afraid. Mm. It has actually helped me come out of my shell more and feel more empowered and feel like my voice matters. Mm. And especially when I meet my audience, when I meet my fans at any given convention that I'm doing, and they come up to me and they tell me how much my stuff means to them. It makes me realize like how much my words impact others and how meaningful and how I have a right to have a voice. I have a right to exist and be myself, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't have to be afraid. I was at um, CTN, which is one of the industry, anim like animation industry conventions. And I was just kind of going about minding my own business. And I wanted to go to see this one panel about Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. And so I get to the end of this kind of windy line and I start talking to the guy at the end of the line. And I, you know, he asks all the questions and I'm like, well, I'm an independent animator online. Mm. And he's like, oh, really, really cool. And just as I said that, Little girl comes up and she's like, uh, are you Let Me Explain Studios? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I am. And she screams. <laughs> like, yeah. And I turn back to the guy and he's like, ah, so tell me what you really do. <laughs> <laughs> You're outed by a child. I was outed child. by a fan. <laughs> yeah. Because you get so vulnerable with your stories, how do you know what you should or shouldn't tell your audience? Do you have that boundary? I think about it in the sense of, do I want this topic discussed in the comment section? Do I want to see lots of different people putting out their opinion of what it is I'm going through and make all of these decisions and assumptions about what the, you know, what the situation is actually like, how I handled it. I think it just comes down to a case of like, it should feel very closed. You mentioned earlier that in middle school, you dealt with a lot of self-esteem issues and mm -hmm. your, your most viewed video is about your school dress codes. Mm -hmm. Did you process that right before you made the video? Was that like that, that was the time to make the videos when you processed that or had you already processed that? So that, you know, preparatory school that I went to was not a, f a fond memory at all. Mm -hmm. It was probably the hardest five years of my childhood. You know, in middle school, you got a rush of hormones and you're, you're stuck with a whole group of other kids who've all got their rush of hormones going and, you know, certain things kind of get left by the wayside, like childhood things that you loved are now morphing into tweeny bopper things. And when I was a kid, I didn't connect with the stuff that, that was being marketed to me. The tweeny as, bopper stuff? As, you didn't connect with tweeny bopper no, stuff? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> like I was kind of like still back here watching my cartoons and, yeah. and you know, obsessing over Disney movies and all that. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have this part of us, you know, that is still a child that we hide from the world because we're embarrassed. And I think the healthier thing is to embrace the inner child, you know, and, and animation really has helped me do that. I feel like one thing that your videos do really well is they feel like everyone is invited, like everyone is included. I, I When watching your videos, it never feels like someone is pushed out. Mm. Do you, is that a, a conscious choice? Is that just the way you are? It's just, just being so supportive uh, and inclusive of everyone? That is like such a sweet, observation no one's ever made that observation of my stuff and honestly like i i wow i i honestly didn't pick that up on my own um to hear you say that like that's wow <laughs> oh. <laughs> sorry because oh, no. <laughs> yeah well that must be a a true feeling that you feel then if, if yeah. it meant so much that it was observed it is it is entirely what i want for my channel is to always be inclusive always have open doors. Anybody can come, anybody can feel like they belong. Well, and I hope that that is what comes across. It and, does. And because that is, that is what I am setting out to do in this world. So with that said, what's next? I think 
we can have ideas of where we want to be. We can definitely make plans, but you know, sometimes plans fall through. And I think we all get a little too worried about the future. Worrying too much about the future and where you're supposed to be in five years or where you, know, you think you're supposed to be in five years is not as important as where you actually end up in five years. I agree. I feel like for a long time I was like, oh, I have to be there, I should be there, I'll be satisfied when I'm there. Mm -hmm. But I started looking at it from the perspective of, oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. And then, then it's something that I can excitedly work toward but not feel disappointed if I don't. Yeah. And especially if I'm not giving myself a hard a deadline right. to get there. Yeah. It's 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 nice to know, okay, I could get 1% better each day, 1% closer to that each day without the pressure. And I also think very much we're all in a rush to, to do everything all at once. And some of the, you know, biggest names in entertainment or in, you know, science and engineering, you know, a lot of them only made their world-changing discoveries or make, got their, you know, career-changing parts when they were in their 40s or 50s. Mm -hmm. So, I think we should always, we should always just run our own race mm -hmm. and not run everybody else's race. Oh. And you made the joke of, because I put a little bit of blood coming down from your head, you, yeah. ma you both made the joke of like, your hair's so emo it cuts itself. <laughs> oh God. Wow, that is such an outdated reference. Even I the, I, I didn't say cut itself. Oh no, no, Ian says it. Oh, just, Ian pushes it too. Ian pushes it, watch. Your hair is so emo that it cut itself. There, okay. <laughs> I, I, I avoided the self-harm joke, but Ian yeah, got but it. Yeah, but Ian did it. He pushed yeah. it all the way for you. Like, this is 10 years ago. Ian's changed. Mm -hmm. He would make it, but we would bleep it. There you go. Yeah. 